Welcome everyone. Hi, it's Henry DeVries, and I'm glad you're here on the Marketing with a Book podcast. So glad to have you. This is the podcast where we help agency owners, business coaches, strategic consultants, how to market with a book and a speech. We really believe here that the book is the number one marketing tool and speaking is the number one sales strategy. And we like to talk about how they work together. So thanks for joining us today. We have a very special talk on how you can have more book publicity and how that more book publicity is gonna help you with more speeches. And that's gonna help you with more people discovering your work. We'll get all into that in just a few moments. But I wanted to start with what we call the author roll call. So we have a roll call roundup here. And we have several of our authors with us today. I'd like you to introduce yourselves and tell us where you're from and tell us about either your current book or your upcoming book. Thought leaders have more than one book in them and they're not one and done. So we like to leave room for people to talk about their upcoming book if they're working on that. So with that, I wanted to go around the horn and start with David Goldman. And uh, after David, uh, uh, let's go to Peter. Thanks, Henry. Hi, I'm David Goldman, and I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, home of the proud last place Pittsburgh Pirates, finally. And we are holding on. We're not going to move there. So uh, I wrote the book, proudly wrote the book, The Road to Happiness, How to Get What You Really Want. I'll let Mark or Henry talk about my upcoming book. I guess I'm officially a thought leader, but I'm proud of this book, The Road to Happiness. Thank you. David, good to see you and hear you. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Henry. And uh, with that, let's go to Peter and then Dr. Carey. Uh, thanks, Henry. Uh, I'm, I'm Peter Priobel, San Diego, California. And um, I am the proud author of a book entitled Living the Life to the Fullest. Uh, and that is my first book. I'm also working on my second book uh, as we speak. And uh, uh, I am in, in, incredibly indebted to Henry and his entire crew for making my book happen. Thank you. Our pleasure, as they say at Chick-fil-A. Our pleasure, <laughs> Peter. We are happy to do it. Uh, Dr. Carey, welcome. Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Carey, author of Self-Help on the Go. I have some new technology and I'm realizing I have to mirror my Zoom, so sorry. Is, is it show up backwards to you guys? Shows up forwards to us. Shows up forwards to you, okay, then it's, it's set correctly, yay. Uh, and Self-Help on the Go is my first book and I believe Henry and I have already started conversations about a workbook that should be coming out in the late fall, early spring of 2023 to accompany the book. Well, glad you're here. And you're in um, what part of Colorado? Denver, Colorado, which ordinarily I would say sunny Denver, Colorado, but we're getting rain and it's awesome. Oh, that's that time when water falls from the sky. In San Diego, we don't really have a word for it. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and uh, how about uh, Mark LeBlanc? Thank you, Henry. My name is Mark LeBlanc. I'm 
live in Edina, Minnesota. I run a coaching company uh, out of Edina and have published a number of books. And the latest book David Goldman referred to is titled Bringing in the Business Without Sounding Like a Salesperson. And I'm co-authoring that with David Goldman and Henry. And um, it's one of the biggest challenges that professionals face is how do I sell without sounding like a salesperson? We're very excited about this upcoming book. Thanks, Mark. I think it has a very important part of the curriculum that you and David share. And in a word, it's enrolling. We're not selling people. Uh, we're not convincing them, persuading them, manipulating them. We're enrolling them, just like a university enrolls students. So it's it's a choice on both parties to do this. So looking forward to this book coming out. I've been very excited to help people yeah. write it. Uh, Tony, why don't you talk about your upcoming book? You're on mute right now, Tony. There you go. There you go. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Tony Pantolino. I am a psychologist in Nassau County, Long Island, New York. Uh, I am probably one of the newbies to the group. Uh, I have a co-author, Margaret Fisher, uh, who's been working with Henry and myself. And I originally thought we'd be publishing one book, but with Henry's guidance, we are publishing another book. We're working on a book for parents on how to find the best psychotherapy help for their 13 to 30 year old, uh, which has been a very difficult for many parents, especially these past couple of years and you know, therapist work schedules being so full. So we are at the beginning, we have uh, a sloppy copy in Henry's inbox somewhere and we're going full speed ahead. Any book worth writing is worth writing the sloppy first copy. And then the magic is in the rewrite. So looking forward to that. Uh, thanks for being with us today. Well, now I'd like to introduce one of our authors, our special guest today, uh, certainly a partner and friend of Indie Books International, Russell Trahan. Russell, welcome. Thank you, Henry. So good to be here. I am Russell Trahan. I am the author of my first business book, Sell Yourself Without Saying a Word. Um, Mark teaches you how to sell without sounding like a salesman. I teach you how to do it without saying anything at all. Um, but then on the personal side, Henry is also the publisher of my book I did for fun, One for the Road, Cocktails and Classic Cars That Share a Name, where I chose 50 50 classic cars and cocktails, and then it is illustrated with vintage ads for the cars. This is the first in a trio, actually. The, the second one is cities and cocktails that share a name, and it's one city from every state in the country that shares a name with a cocktail, and it'll be illustrated with vintage postcards. And then the third one that I just finished co-writing with a, a singer friend of mine is songs and cocktails that share a name. And it's 50 songs that either the title or the lyrics share a name with a classic cocktail. 
and it's going to be illustrated with vintage sheet music from the songs. So we're still, the, uh, the city's book is in the editing process. The songs book is, we're, we're still collecting the sheet music. That's, uh, we may go with album covers or something because the sheet music is turning out to be a little more daunting than we thought it would be. The problem with these books, Russell, is when it gets into our editorial department, they want to do personal research, and it just seems to take a long time for these yes. books to get edited. Um, yes. They're a lot of fun, though. They uh, are fun. They are a lot of fun. So thank you for that. Yeah, cheers. Diet Coke. Uh, okay. We're not, we're, we're not here to judge. We're here to get your advice. Uh, our official topic today is more book publicity to book more speeches. So yes. it's the connection of the publicity to speaking. Yes. And then the real connection of speaking to finding new clients. So that's the whole gist of what we're going. Okay, so let's talk about your book, uh, Sell Yourself Without Saying a Word, the advice that you have in there. Um, PRPR Public Relations has a remarkable track record. I always like to ask you this softball question. <laughs> what percentage of clients are successful in landing publicity using your process? Well, thank you, Henry. Uh, I appreciate that. And I am proud to say that in our nearly 25-year history at PRPR, 100% of our clients have received placements in front of their target market. Um, in the history of our agency, uh, we've had two clients that were kind of, you know, iffy there. We weren't quite sure we were going to maintain our record. Um, the first one was we were pitching out an article on taking sabbaticals. And we kept pitching out this article to editors of trade industry and association magazines. And normally when you tease out the benefit of an editor's, of, a, of an article's content to the editor, they'll say, sure, I'll read it. Yes, I'll send it, take a look. Oh, that sounds great. I could use that right away. And you get an occasional no. With this article on taking sabbaticals, we kept getting no, 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 no. So you begin to ask, why not? And we had several editors tell us that they were afraid if they ran an article on taking a sabbatical in their trade or association magazine and employees started taking sabbaticals, the employers would get mad at them for running the article and cancel their subscriptions and cancel their advertising. So we pulled back the article, rewrote it and configured it to avoiding burnout, made made taking a sabbatical one of the points of the article, and then it got placements all over, everywhere across the country. Um, the second one was a, a client that thought his words were directly from God and dripped on gold onto the page. Uh, he sent us his first article, and we always like to work with our clients in editing and formatting and making suggestions. I mean, Clients always know their hot button issues, what, what their clients are asking them, but we know editors, we know what they're looking for and what they want to see more of. So usually it's a symbiotic relationship of your story and our editorial expertise. Well, this gentleman um, thought, yeah, his words were too good, but we got him to make a few changes in his first article and we got it some placements. 
Well, then his second article, he dug in his heels. He didn't want to change anything. We finally got him to make a few changes in it, and we got some placements for it. Well, at that point, I actually decided that we probably weren't the right agency for him. And I let him know that at the end of our contract, we were not interested in continuing it. Obviously, we would see out the initial commitment that he made to us, and we would do three articles over six months with him. But you know, normally, we keep going after that as long as we're getting results for our clients. But I said we didn't want to. Well, the, that meant on his third article, he said no. He wouldn't change a comma or an apostrophe or anything. And unfortunately, that is the one article in our 25-year history that I have to say got no placements whatsoever. But fortunately, his first two articles got a few, so I can still say 100% of our clients got placements. And that's how you build a watch. There you go. Well, the, the statistics, I wanted to just visit this for a minute because at one point, I was promoting the nation's largest child abuse prevention hotline. It was 1-800-FOR-A-CHILD. And if you suspected child abuse, you could call. If you were a child who was being abused, you could call. One of our brochures talked about the number of convicts on death row who were abused as a child. Oh, and in the brochure I put out, 95% of the convicts on death row were abused as children. The actual number was 100%, but I didn't think anybody would believe 100%. Yeah. <laughs> People would think there must be a, somebody on death row who wasn't abused as a child. Somebody, so you might yeah. want to do the ivory soap thing, 99 and 44 one hundredths pure. So yes. you, you have placed 99 and 44 one hundredths uh, client of the articles with an yeah. article. Well, there was yeah, that and that's one guy who wouldn't yeah, take except, your advice, except for one article. Yeah, you know? one guy. I think he lives in New York. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's the uh, interesting. A lot of jokes about statistics. You know. Yes. Seventy-five uh, percent of statistics are made up on the spot. Yes. <laughs> My favorite ones. Yeah. Okay. Abraham uh, well, Lincoln said, "Don't believe everything you read on the internet." Yes. There you go. Um, our copy editors have one. Uh, Mark Twain uh, said, I never said that. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so uh, moving on. That is amazing because I am the former president of an advertising and PR agency and to be able to go out there with a 100% success. And I've been a client of yours and it certainly proved true. If you follow your steps, if you're open to the feedback that you give. And I thought you were very generous in putting your whole system, your whole process in writing in your book. Thank you. Well, let's talk about why, why any of us should put our whole system in the book. Is it knowing the system that guarantees the results or is there something else? That's a good part of it, um, is knowing the system is a good part of it. It's, I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. It's, it's not, you know, brain surgery, but there is a, a finesse. There is an art to it. Um, 
there are many good speakers, excellent speakers. Uh, Ed Rigsby comes to mind. Uh, shout out to Ed. Um, he has made a very successful career of placing his articles in trade industry and association magazines. Now, um, not to quote Gwyneth Paltrow, but you know, as it says in my book, one of the elements though to it is knowing who your target market is and where they are. That's a, a big, there, there's so many opportunities out there these days to put out content, so many different platforms. But, you know, that's the shotgun approach. You, you put a lot of content out there and hope people find it and come back to you. One of the, the elements, you know, publicity 101, as we always say, is, you know, who is your target market? Whose pain can you solve? And who's going to pay you to solve their pain? And then once you know that, know where they are. What magazines do they read? What podcasts do they listen to? What social media platforms are there? Are they on? And then put your content there where they'll find it and then come back to you. I think something you teach that's so important is in writing this how-to article, do not quote other sources. Don't talk about this Harvard Business Review study don't talk about what um, uh, Brene Brown said in her book. Do not do these things. What's the why behind that, Russell? Well, thank you. The excellent question. And, and it does happen quite often. You know, they, they think it lends credibility to quote somebody else, but it's like, no, the idea here is to set you up as the go-to source, to give you that stamp of endorsement and give you the credibility when you're the author of the article. If you're quoting some other speaker or some other author in the article, what's to stop the reader from going and hiring them? If, if, if you're referring to somebody else, then, you know, oh, that must be the person I need to go to. So it, it, it's always, you know, put you and your content and your expertise in front to become the thought leader. Now, there is an exception to that, of course, and that's any historical figure. I mean, it, it would be okay to hire, to quote Mark Twain in an article, because you're not exactly going to go out and hire Mark Twain, you know, nobody, you know, so there, there are, you know, the exceptions to the rule, but you never want to quote a, a contemporary. Um, another important element to the articles uh, that I mentioned is the evergreen element to an article. You, you want to make the article as, as, just as evergreen as possible. You want to give the editor as many opportunities to place the article as you can. Um, you know, if, if don't write, if your topic is like, you know, gift giving. We had a client one time that was a business etiquette expert. And one of the things she talked about was office gift giving. And she wanted to write an article at first about the holiday season, the Christmas and Hanukkah and then, you know, the, the fourth quarter of the month, the holiday season. But we encouraged her saying, you know, that's only going to get published maybe two months out of the year that, you know, it, you're, you're limiting the editor. So what we had her do instead was write an article that talked about 
you know, five, four or five different gift giving seasons within, you know, not only Christmas, but birthdays and work anniversaries and different celebrations and how to handle gift giving within the office throughout the year. That way, you know, when you start to pitch out an article, an editor can put it in their easing or on their website the next week. Most editors of these trade and industry journals work 60 to 90 days out. So anything that we're pitching out in August, we expect to get published in October or November. Or they may say, you know what, we have a special issue on every year in March on this topic. I'm going to hold the article and use it in March. Um, now, to quote Harry Truman, on the other hand, there is the exception to prove that rule too. And this actually surprised us. This was a lesson even I had to learn. And we had a client, he was a sales expert, who had wrote an article on how watching football makes you a better salesperson. Now, supposedly this idea came to him when his wife came into the den one Sunday and yelled at him for watching too much football. So he said, I'm researching an article for Russell. Somehow he got away with that. But uh, we started pitching the article in July, thinking it would hit in the fall, you know, in September for college football season. And it did fairly well. It got a good number of placements in the fall. But, you know, we really liked the article. We thought it was a fun topic. So we thought it would do a little bit better than that. Well, lo and behold, all of a sudden in January and February, it reappeared and started getting all these placements again. And editors had taken it, changed it a little bit and made it Super Bowl related. So how watch, you know, at first it was college football in the fall and then it was Super Bowl in the winter. And it got, you know, twice as many placements as normal. So, you know, there are, keep it evergreen, but don't be afraid to have a couple of elements to it. The idea is to give the editor as many opportunities to publish it as possible. Um, another quick story on being evergreen is historical events. You never want to tie an article too closely to historical events. We, we had a client one time who was a management expert. And when the Exxon Valdez wrecked and ruined the Gulf of Alaska, he wanted to do an article on the management failures of the Exxon Valdez. And we had to guide him to say, you know, look, un unfortunately, you know, two months from now, there's going to be another disaster and the Valdez is going to be birdcage lining. You know, so don't don't focus on the Valdez as a as a, a a topic. But these days, if somebody wanted to quote the Valdez and and reference it as a management failure in the historical context and make it a part of other management failures, that's a shared common experience that most people can relate to. So I would encourage you to include that. Um, again, another exception to that rule is anything that is in the lexicon of pop culture. Um, had a client one time and it just, the idea came up during a brainstorming session. We happened to have the brainstorming call on Monday morning and he said, oh, I'm so tired. Sorry, I was up late last night watching The Walking Dead. And I'm like, that's an article idea. 
how to keep your employees from being the walking dead, you know, how to keep them motivated, how to keep them encouraged. And, you know, normally we would, we wouldn't say don't tie to a TV show, don't tie to a movie. It's too pop culture. You could reference the Brady Bunch historically, but don't write an article on the Big Bang Theory, which is now off the air. But something like The Walking Dead is so much a part of our culture that even after it's off the air for a year or two, people will still be able to associate it and make the references that you're making. Law and order would work. I hear that's on 24 hours a day around the globe. Somebody is watching Law and Order. I believe that some, some, or Grey's Anatomy. I mean, that's, you know, the original star's grandkids are now on the show, so. <laughs> Russell, there's something you teach about, you don't put the title of your book within the article. We've been joking about that podcast uh, uh, cliche about, well, in chapter 11 of my book, I talk about this. Oh, I note that in chapter five of my book. We don't do that in an article, but there is something at the end of the article that is solid gold for an author. Let's talk about what, I, what I'm referring to. You bet. Exactly, Henry. Editors are looking for content. They want educational, informational, action steps, bullet points, beneficial content. They don't want advertorials. They don't want self-promotion. If you're going to talk about, I did this, and I did that, and I saved them money, and I made them money, and I reduced turnover, and the, the editor is going to say, buy an ad. I don't want to put that in the content of my magazine. So, you know, we always say no eyes, we's, or me's within the content of the article. You want to use the you tense. You may be having this problem. Here's how you can solve it. You may be in this situation. Here's how you can make your business better. Now, this is for two reasons. One, the editors will like it. It'll make you, you know, it'll encourage them to place your article in the content of their magazine. And also, it allows the reader to identify with the situations described in the article, and they're more likely to take that action step at the end. And that's that gold you were talking about because the article itself, pure content, pure benefit, pure information. But at the end of each of the articles, and this is another benefit of doing articles in trade industry and association magazine is the editors are more likely to give you this Whereas anything, you know, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Fast Company, yes, it's great to be quoted in them, but you're lucky if they include the title of your book. You know, you're, it, it's probably just going to be Henry DeVries Consultant. You know, you're lucky. So, but when you're doing an article in a more targeted niche publication, you're more likely to get the resource box at the end of it. And this is the about the author. This is where the promotion comes in. This is where the publicity is. This is where you get to tell the reader exactly what you want them to know about you and what action step you want them to take. You know, mine, for example, would be Russell Trahan, owner and president of PRPR Public Relations and author of, I, I'd give a little sentence about PRPR. And then, you know, for more information, please visit 
brpr.net. To talk about me speaking at your next event, please go to. To buy a copy of my book, click here. You know, you, you give them the exact information that you want them to know about you and then give them that call to action at the end. And if they've read this article, if it's, you know, hey, you may have this problem, here's how you can solve it. Oh, hey, I need to call Henry. He's obviously the expert in this field that can solve all my problems. This might be 40 words. This is very important. This might be the most important 40 words you write. I'm yeah. going to give you an example here, one from uh, Mark LeBlanc, who is on the call. Mark, his signature sale is something called the Achievers Circle. It's a business development retreat. So listen to this. Mark LeBlanc, CSP, is the author of Growing Your Business, Build Your Consulting Practice, and Never Be the Same. He has special expertise on the core issues consultants and coaches face on a daily basis. He has conducted over 140 business development retreats called the Achievers Circle. Now that number keeps moving up, so he changes his resource box when he's doing new ones, but he gets in and remember the first and the last things are the most important. So he ends with the signature sale that he wants people to remember. And it's a cumulative effort. Uh, it's in the resource boxes. It's in his LinkedIn profile. It's on the back blurbs of books that he's connected with. So what is it for you? What is that signature sale that you want out there? This is your blatant commercial. Speaking of blatant commercials, Russell and I will be doing a three-hour workshop in Tampa, Florida on October 11th. And it's all about how to write and promote the right book to find new clients. Um, we're finding our statistics are three out of five agency owners, business coaches, strategic consultants. Their number one pain is finding new clients. Their number two pain, by the way, one out of two, is finding the time to find new clients. They're so busy doing it, doing it, doing it for clients, they don't have time to find new clients. So that is a paid event, but anybody who listens to this podcast, just shoot an email to me and I will give you a comp code so you can attend at no charge. And we would love to spend three hours with you and brainstorm and answer any questions. And Russell is always very giving when he speaks for us. And uh, it's a lot of hands-on uh, problem solving in that. So if you uh, want to be in Florida or you are in Florida, uh, come on down October 11th. That's on our website, rainmakersconfidential.com backslash workshops. rainmakersconfidential.com backslash workshop. And you can find out about it. And again, email me, henry at indiebooksintl.com. Suzanne will put all this in the chat to ask for a comp code and we'll save you the $200 others are paying and you can be our guests. So end of blatant commercial back to content with Russell. Um, what other tips are you finding important to give people as they're writing these articles? And also what can they do to get more mileage out of the articles? Sure. 
Great questions, but first I'm going to go back and revisit the, the resource box, the about the author paragraph, because it, it's important to make sure you're ending with the right call to action. Um, we had a client one time who was with us for several years, but then she ended her campaign, as some clients do on occasion, and I ran into her at a convention some months later and just said, you know, would you consider coming back? What could, you know, how can we work together again? We'd love to have you back on board. And she told me just flat out, she says, you know, Russell, no offense, but I never got any speaking engagements from all those articles you placed for me. I just went, okay. Had to tactfully remind her that in her resource box, it said she was a consultant. And to talk about her consultancy, please visit her website. And I knew from talking to her staff, she had gotten consulting gigs from the article placements, but it didn't say, it didn't emphasize that she's a speaker at the end of the article. So no, unfortunately, she never got any speaking engagements, but that's also not what she was asking for. So um, be clear about that. Um, one thing about the articles these days is the the length that editors have been looking for. I, I'm just talking to a gentleman today, and he's got a series of articles on LinkedIn, but they're all about 2,500 words. And that's great for LinkedIn, and it's great for a book chapter, but editors are looking for articles about 800 to 1,000 words. About two, two and a half pages is what they're looking for these days. Now, assuming that your introduction is going to be about 100 to 150 words and your conclusion is going to be about 100 to 150 words, the, the number of tips and the number of steps, the number of, you know, five keys, six steps, seven myths, that determines the length of the content. You want to try to balance them. You know, if you've got five steps, Unless any one step is more important than any one of the others, then go ahead and make the most important ones a little longer. But otherwise, if you've got one that's 200, you know, 200 words long and one that's only 50 words long, visually, it's just going to look like, oh, well, that one's more important. I can ignore this one. But, you know, if they're all the same length, then it gives you that balance and it shows that all of your content all of your expertise is equally as important. So several different ways that once you get that article placed, you can use it. Um, first and foremost is your website. Your website should have a media page. It should have an as seen in page. Um, now there's a couple different ways to organize this, but the two most popular tend to be either by the article and then showing the places that have placed the article, the, the industries and the associations that have placed the article, organizing it by article, or once you start to get a plethora of articles organized or placed out there, a lot of uh, speakers in particular will organize it by industry. Hey, the hospitality industry has used these three articles. The medical industry has used these five articles. So that way, meeting and event planners can go in and say, oh, well, manufacturing, obviously, these are the popular topics. 
I can pick any one of them to come and speak at, at my event. Um, and then of course, social media. Uh, put the article on your LinkedIn page and then put it, you know, put all the placements you're getting underneath that. Uh, you know, when you get an article placed, be sure to, when you put it on your website, link back to the online placement. And this is what the algorithms call a closed loop link, because you've got the in, you've got the association with the call to action at the end of your article pointing back to your website. So when you put it on your website or on your LinkedIn profile and it goes back to them, that's something that the algorithms pick up and give you that extra boost for organic SEO. Um, and then of course, there's just the marketing, the, the reaching out. Um, you know, Not long ago, we got a client placed in Life and Health Advisor magazine. Now, this is an insurance industry magazine. It's not tied to any one association specifically, but there's almost more benefit to that when it's an industry magazine, because then you can reach out to several insurance associations. And all you have to do is Google insurance association, get the thousands of them that there are, click on the first one, see when and where their meetings are, click on about, go to the staff, see who their meeting and event planner is, who their marketing person is, who their communications person is, whoever it looks like would be the, the most you know, likely to schedule speakers and send them an email, make a phone call. Hi, I was in the August issue of Life and Health Advisor magazine. I see you have a convention coming up in St. Louis in February why anybody would want to go to St. Louis in February. But anyway, you know, let's talk about me being a speaker at your event. You know, oh, you didn't see the article? Great, I'll email you a copy. Oh, you're not the right person to talk to. May I ask you to refer me to the right person to talk to? It, it's just an open door. It, it's a warm call that you're making instead of a cold call to book your speeches. Russell, I want to shift gears a little here. And we teach, we believe over a thousand strategies on how to market with a book and a speech. And I'm starting to name them. Uh, one is called the, I just happened to be going to Kalamazoo strategy. And uh, I have used that to build my business. Uh, Devin tells a great story because of a association uh, we formed when we first started with somebody who was in Tampa who said to me, oh, next time you're in Tampa, we should get together. And I called her back in about an hour and said, oh, I just happened to be going to Orlando in, in September. Yeah. Um, and we met. Uh, there's another one I call the circus is coming to town. Actually, our October 11th event is an example of the circus is coming to town. You actually go someplace, put on an event, and then people have to decide if they see or not. The, the one year really an expert at is the um, what I call no cousin Jean recipes. Uh, I had a dear departed cousin uh, Jean, and Jean was the greatest cook in our family. She was a bar none and just amazing. So everyone in the family would ask Jean for a recipe. And she was very generous in giving recipes out. However, Jean would always omit one key ingredient. Yeah. So nobody could cook as well as Jean. Yeah. 
So I have many authors and they go, well, I can't put all my best ideas in the book. I can't put my formula in the book. You clearly put your best ideas and formula in the book. Yes. And my, my mother was an expert at that. <laughs> Well, okay, don't be Peter's mother recipe. I'll change the strategy there, Peter. Okay, so in this, um, what is the strategy? If you give your best advice away in your book, in your article, why give it all away? What happens when you do that? Sure. Well, with all due respect to your cousin and Jean's mother, my grandfather always used to say, give them a teaspoon and they'll buy the bottle. Hmm. So give them everything you've got. Now, was I he mean, a drug dealer? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, to be honest with you, he was a swank jewelry salesman. I see. Men's cufflinks and tie clasps. Anybody remember swank brand? Oh, men's swank. Jewelry? yeah, S-W-A-N-K, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he used to cover the whole Pacific Northwest, Nordstrom's, Myron Frank, all the, the, the uh, department stores in the Pacific Northwest was his territory. But yeah, his thing was give them a teaspoon, they'll buy the bottle. In, in 800 to 1,000 words, in two, two and a half pages, in five bullet points, six bullet points, seven bullet points, you're not going to give everything away. You're obviously not. You're, but it's important, though, to give them a taste. Show them the benefit. Give them enough that they can do it themselves. They can try it themselves but just enough that they're going to want to come back to you again, as Paul Harvey always used to say, for the rest of the story. Um, so yeah, okay, don't for be the millennials listening, I'll have to, they'll, you'll have to Google Paul Harvey. I know. A famous radio announcer, 60s and 70s. What's uh, radio? Page two, Husqvarna. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, it, it, and actually it's funny you should ask that because I, I was talking to a gentleman just today and, and his big concern is if I give them everything, what have I got left for them once they hire me, if I give them everything in advance? And I said, well, that's easy. When, when you're giving out these, you know, when you're giving out your expertise, when you're giving out your content in these articles, you're going to make it rather business generic. You're, you're going to make it so that the hospitality and the medical industry can use it. You're gonna make it so that the construction and the insurance industry can use it. So you're gonna write the articles in a very generic business sense, but what you then offer that client when they come to hire you is your expertise tailored for them. You're going to give them a unique experience based on their individual issues. And yeah, he just actually said, well, I never thought of it that way. I guess that does work. I said, yeah, it has for nearly 25 years. So, Gosh, he sounded like one of the kids on the Brady Bunch. Thanks, Dad. I never looked at it that way. Oh, now gee. I'll do it the right way. Um, yeah. Now go clean your room, Bobby. Yeah, that's the, that's the, Bobby. Okay. Go eat your pork chops and applesauce. Okay. Again, millennials, Google this. It's gold. Okay. The idea is they are attracted to you because of you telling them how to solve their issues in general. Yes. They hire you and pay the money to apply it to their specific situation. Exactly. So one of my authors, you know, Merck hires them, comes in, 
And she goes, my best thinking is in the book. I said, yeah, that's why you got hired by Mark. Um, Mark LeBlanc has a great story about he gets hired for a $100,000 deal. And the CEO had read up to page two of his book. And that was enough for him to go hire the guy. Um, and that's what we want. And then he wants you to apply it to his situation. She wants you to apply it they're dealing with. And the book tells them that you are the expert who can take people from problem to solution. Russell gave us case studies. This Everything we want you to do, we demonstrate. Russell demonstrated here. He came up with stories. Um, if he didn't like my question, he answered a different question. I love You asked that. good questions. I didn't have to do that a lot. Oh, though. yeah, yeah. Not too much. Thanks. You asked very good questions. You're generous. You take it from there. Uh, my interviewing style is not to follow this script. I also, I always have who, what, when, where, why, and how in my head, but it's to take it where it's going, to be interesting. We always need to be a heat-seeking missile for interesting. Russell, you're very interesting. You're very engaging. And that pays off. Um, Russell is prominently featured in my new book, Marketing with a Book for Agencies, uh, because you know a successful 20-year track record. And he took that book, and he grew the agency 25% on parlaying what's in that book and the speaking and you know all the things the magic's in the mix he does the networking he does the sponsorships he uh does articles he yeah. uh will I practice what i preach yeah you're out there with it yeah. and you preach what you practice yes yes so actually i always quote alan weiss the great alan weiss and i, I always say that alan weiss always preaches what we pra at PRPR practice. Because one of the things he says is it's more important to be in front of 500 people that can hire you than it is 50,000 people that aren't your market. And you know, some people may look at some of these targeted niche magazines, the trade industry magazines, and may say, well, you know, it, the circulation is only 600. It's like, yes, but if those are 600 hospital CEOs, and your market is 600 is your market is hospital CEOs. It's more important than to be in front of that 600 than it is in a copy of the Wall Street Journal and hope they pick up that issue and hope they get to the section that your article is in and hope they read far enough down in that article to see your quote and hope the reporter listed you as something other than consultant from San Diego. You know, it's it's don't get caught up in the the sexiness and the sweetness of it saying you were quoted in the wall street journal sounds good when you're being introduced to the platform but often what gets you to the platform is the targeted niche publications of course it's great to be say to say you've been quoted in forbes.com i just oh, wanted to throw that in there that uh, is the best one that's the pinnacle of all of them yeah that's the that's the best yeah it was um our publisher steve forbes who said um, henry you just made a mistake um i was better at choosing my parents than you were so uh, so we all should choose but, our parents better thanks steve yeah. forbes okay well, thank you, Russell Trahan. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. A lot of golden nuggets here. Thank you so much, Russell. We hope to have you back again. Anytime. And, uh, we certainly appreciate your advocacy 
of our business. We have grown because of people like you, and we appreciate you very much. Thank Thank you. you. Okay. Bye, everybody. We'll see you on another episode of Marketing with a Book.